Hello, and welcome to the Running Hook Podcast, hosted by Alex Burr, a member of the Running Hook Podcast Network. another edition of the running hook podcast this is going to be coming out on monday the 16th and i know that trade season is starting today but we're recording this before then and so that gives us one last time to discuss the ultimate off-season topic even if this off-season has i don't i think it's just past the month mark we're going to be debating the lebron jordan thing and who better to debate the lebron jordan thing than our resident lakers fan or not Lakers fan, LeBron fan, excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. No, that's, yeah. that's an insult to say you're a Lakers fan. No, nope, William Hogsett. Will, how are we doing AB. today? AB, it is a pleasure as the self-titled Running Hook Podcast Cast Network LeBron expert. The LeBron expert, it is a pleasure to finally hash this conversation out. Because, like you said, it's Mount Rushmore season. What else is there in the NBA to talk about than the ultimate conversation, MJ versus LeBron? And uh, my guys, uh, my guys coming off a good season. My guys coming off a good season, Alex. And so um, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to finally uh, have a uh, have a objective look at things compared to the live pod post finals. Super emotional, super emotional. You know, my guy just won won his title. I've had some time to you know catch my breath, catch my breath, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about it too. Because um, we were talking in the a uh, little bit beforehand. I was like, if you guys remember the Spurs versus Heat pod that we did over the finals, I'm kind of we're kind of looking at it like this. Like, all right, I'm big LeBron guy, but kind of want to I kind of don't want to go overdo it because when you start overdoing it that's when you know I start getting emotional and that's not that good so <laughs> well is I feel like you're debating the perfect guy right because I never ever let my like especially in this debate right mm-hmm. I'm a Bulls fan but I was born in 97 mm-hmm. if you say I have a championship under my belt that's a that's a bold faced lie because I was yeah. <sighs> Let's see, June. I was six months old, not even, mm-hmm. when the Bulls won their first title or their mm-hmm. last title. Well, that counts. So, I mean, really? I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't count it. I'm not counting it for myself. I don't like if there's no chance in hell I remember it. I don't remember things that happened yesterday. Okay? Yeah, barely. <laughs> so I'm not going to remember that championship, but this is going to be an interesting debate because you are going to, if you're going to bring that Spurs level analysis from the, rewatch pod then this is this is gonna go fantastically because you were you were very complimentary of the spurs that day so i'm curious to hear where you'll go with this but well, you wanted to- well i just want to say one thing and then i will start uh start kind of like my little spiel i think it is i think it is imperative for a conversation like this for me to uh, acknowledge i mean more than acknowledge because it's obviously a conversation for the for a reason you know and when whenever I get into my emotional, you know, LeBron fan state, then I just start throwing out, you know, he's the goat, like, and I and that and don't I, I don't take into account that okay, it's just not that simple, you know, and so that's why I think it's important to look at it objectively, even with being a LeBron fan, and um, 
I'm, a, I'm just going to start with that. And so um, looking at it objectively, I think uh, where a bunch of the issues between the argument itself and not necessarily the players, but the argument like on Twitter and between people, I think where that, that issue falls is you're, the MJ fans are arguing at uh, one point and the LeBron fans are arguing a completely different point and they're just kind of firing back at each other and never finding a middle ground. And so I think, first off, I, I want to start with a question for you. What, what is the GOAT? Like, it, you, what is your definition of the GOAT? So I factor it in a couple of things, right? First off, mm-hmm. dominance. And domination mm-hmm. to me, like, you ran the league, the, you were clearly the best player for a certain amount of time, right? This really applies to three guys. And you'll find that I keep coming back to mm-hmm. these three guys. It's Michael Jordan, LeBron mm-hmm. James, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, is we're not going to talk about him much, even though he probably should deserves to be in this debate. Yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was the best player in the league for about 12 years, from like 1969 till about 1981, right? Whenever you want to say Magic or Bird took over as the best player in the league, mm-hmm. like whatever that is. But he was the best player for about 12 years, right? LeBron's been the best player in the league for about, I would give him 13 or 14 years at this point, right? He took over mm-hmm. from Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan mm-hmm. was the best player before him. You could say Kobe. I wouldn't argue that wholeheartedly. I, w- I prefer Duncan myself, but I, th- I think Duncan was better before LeBron. But yeah. LeBron's been the best probably since about 2008. 2008. Yeah, that's what I, would, I agree. I, I would agree. say. And then Michael Jordan is an interesting case because he came in and you could argue he was the best player in the league from the second he started, right? Like from 1984 on, he averaged 28 points a game in his rookie year. You okay. know, LeBron LeBron was 20, so I'll grant him that. But he averaged about what was it, 27 and seven, mm-hmm. something like that. He didn't come like he was coming in. You know, the quality of the league or whatever. But I would say Magic to me is the fourth greatest player of all time. Mm-hmm. I would say in the years that Michael Jordan was in the league, he was probably the best player for about two of them, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is crazy. Like, yeah. Starting in 1987, that was basically when Michael Jordan became, to me, the greatest of all time, right? So 86, he only plays 18 games, but he has the 63, the famous 63-point game in the playoffs. Uh-huh. 87, <laughs> he averages 37 points a game, 12 free throw attempts a game, three steals, a block and a half. I mean, the rebounds and assists definitely left a little to be desired, but that wasn't his game. Guards didn't yeah, rebound like it, guards didn't rebound like that back then. The only guard that rebounded like that was the six nine one playing in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So, just I mean, the game has changed in that way. For where LeBron, I mean, LeBron played small forward and MJ played guard, two very different positions, and that to me is the dominance factor. Well, I want to argue, um, I'm just going to comment on the dominance factor real quick for um, at least MJ. I think you're right with 87 being his first year, um, at least being the 100%, you know, the the best player in the league. I mean, 37 a game, like you said, that's uh, unspeakable almost. I mean, James Harden's doing it at this point, but like it, it's a completely different game. And James Harden's also not 
the most efficient player we've ever seen. You know what I mean? And I mean, Michael, Michael was efficient. You know, it's not that he's not a James Harden level of efficiency. He's not even Kobe, you know, he, he was more efficient than them. And when you compare Michael to LeBron, it kind of gets unfair because LeBron is kind of all super efficient just because of his, uh, just because he's always in the lane a lot compared to uh, Michael Jordan, not saying Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan was definitely more of a jump shot guy. And I mean, LeBron's kind of started to rely on the jump shot a lot more, but that's why you can't compare LeBron's numbers to Michael Jordan's numbers there directly, you know? Right. And so um, I think uh, Michael Jordan's hyper efficient for a shoot, uh, a shooting guard, right. Uh, in 87. And so then you're going to take it to his, uh, his um last season uh you're or you're gonna take it to um 98 after they won the sixth title and so let's see he played how many seasons so that's 87 88 89 90 91 92 93 that's six they didn't play in 94 95 he came back uh lost in the playoffs which we're, we're gonna mention that too yeah that's that's the blemish right mm-hmm. every every player has a blemish on their resume 95 yeah. doesn't get talked about enough but continue but and so we're at six and so he had nine years of pure and utter dominance um I think I think that you could argue and then maybe like you said I just I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not sure you want to give him 85 or 84 and 85 just yet because it was his rookie year. Although, I mean, 28 points a game, that's, I mean, that's honestly incredible. Off the bat, like that's, that's really difficult to do. We've never seen like Tim Duncan and Kevin Durant and LeBron are three of the best rookies, right? Of the last, you know, 20 since basically since MJ's last bull season. They're the mm-hmm. three best rookies since then, because Tim Duncan was a rookie when during MJ's last bowl season. Mm-hmm. Those three guys, I think, each averaged about twenty points a game, just to put that in perspective. Yeah, like which is it, insane. What Michael Jordan pulled off his rookie season. Well, and I think uh, I mean a part of that, and I I don't want to I don't want to go down this art this lane just yet. But part of that is the system and the team. Like I mean, he was already he had he had a good fit. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying LeBron didn't. LeBron got the ball, but the Bulls had a bit more of um, at least co- at least competency to an extent. You know, w- would you uh, agree or would you disagree? I would say in '85, the Bulls were still a shit show. Really? <laughs> they didn't really, they didn't really get competent until. So I would say after Jordan uh, got back from injury, right, and, and, and then they started competing in the uh, playoffs, right, and like they barely made the eighth seed. Because I'm pretty sure if you look up the '85 Bulls record, hold on, let me go ahead and do that. The '86 Bulls record, excuse me, 1985. Like they were an eighth seed and they deserved to get swept by the Celtics, right? Yeah. They weren't, I mean, yeah. they weren't good other than Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Okay. How many times have you heard this? A guy finishes with 63 points in a playoff game and they lose. Mm-hmm. It happened this year with Donovan Mitchell, I think, where Donovan Mitchell scored like 57 in game one, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Which was like almost four months ago already, which is crazy. Yeah, I can't believe that. But the Bulls finished 30 and 52 in 1985-86, and they finished in the eighth seed. 
And so, um, yeah, I mean, and so they came in with a similar situation. MJ obviously probably had a better rookie year, but even, okay, so even if we do throw that in the conversation, that's 10 years of dominance for MJ. And then obviously after the second retirement, he wasn't the same. I mean, it was decent, but it, it wasn't the same. And so I would you argue that, and I, I'll get, and I want to get into this, this next part of like pure dominance. Cause I think that's something else. Like, you know, the six years of MJ's um, six or I guess seven, because he lost one of them uh, in between, but the six, you know, three, the three peats back to back, the three peats, of course. Um, I think that is another level of dominance that LeBron hasn't, brought to brought to the game and especially with it going back to back to back and then pause and then back to back to back like we might be able to pick out six years of LeBron that are maybe you know that you could kind of throw up there maybe two of his finals losses is four titles and be like okay this is a decent comparison but the fact that MJ did it back to back to back to back to back to back you know that that is that gives him the height of pure dominance. You know what I mean? And that's that's how I kind of want to compare it because LeBron is going to be more dominant for a longer period of time than LeBron or than Michael Jordan. But in the pure dominance, you know, the pure aggressive, and I and that's where I think MJ fans, MJ go arguers go to in the go argument. And that's where I think the LeBron arguers kind of fall back to. Uh, about whenever they're arguing go like I wouldn't I would not disagree that the best the most dominant period of NBA players ever played is the eight years that Michael Jordan won six titles and I'm not not and I'm, that's not my argument and that's not my argument against uh, Michael Jordan and my and that's where I think at least like I said some of the rhetoric between the fans kind of falls because Ever, you're just arguing a completely different thing. I mean, what do you right. think about like the pure dominance? So pure dominance, it's definitely Michael Jordan. But if LeBron yeah. can keep like right, if LeBron repeats this year, yeah, and it's then, gonna it's gonna be interesting, man. Because so we're, when's he we're gonna going, stop if he repeats? We're right? go- you know like it's pretty. The case is pretty airtight, you know, especially after two of like the most tumultuous seasons, because <laughs> this season's going to be rough, too, because they're not going to do a bubble for the NBA. They're going to do the NFL model. And worse, hogs, we're witnessing what's happening in the NFL. It's not um, it hasn't been 100 percent perfect. Right. Uh-uh. So if LeBron can win a championship under that circumstance. Right. Uh-huh. And we don't know what LeBron's going to do. You know, we don't know like who who. I say what LeBron's going to do. We don't know who the Lakers are going to add, right? They're a prime, yeah. prime free agent destination. Oh, my God. They have especially cap for, space. Well, they do not – cap space they do not have. And the cap space they have is going to go 100% to Anthony Davis. But – They don't have they, any cap space. What they have – I mean, what, what if they sell – I mean, I thought – how what happened to being able to sign Kawhi? Was that just uh, filled up by Anthony Davis now? It was filled up by like so they gave KCP the big contract and I think KCP is gonna be a free agent again. Um, Danny Green got two years for thirty million. Oh you know, god, yeah, I remember that. That's, that's how they good. that's how they use their cap space. Mm-hmm. But it is going to be interesting, right? Because let's just say Danilo Gallinari wants to go to the mm-hmm. Lakers for some reason. Mm-hmm. 
that gives them a huge boost because it gives them like a solid, sh- like not solid, a really good shooter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be LeBron's probably best team since 2013 Miami. Mm-hmm. Like, or 2016 Cleveland, whatever you want to say was better. I'd probably go 2013 mm-hmm. Miami. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever guard free agent is going to want to probably go there. Um, because let's face it, the Clippers could have been in this position and they fucked it. They fucked themselves over. Yeah. <laughs> the Clippers could. I think it's if you want to try to win a championship next year, there's two obvious places. Like, and you're a veteran free agent, there's two obvious places to go if you are willing to sign a small deal. Uh-huh. It's. Los Angeles, and it is Golden State. Those are the mm. two obvious places. And Curry, by the way, is going to be an interesting guy to discuss when it's all said and done. But I think if LeBron wins this year, it's going to be pretty – it's going to be a lot closer for me than it is right now, right? I give yeah. LeBron credit for making the 10 finals. I want to make that clear. I just think that, you know – that MJ was able to do so much in that short time. You have to give him credit for that too. Like, I feel like that's like really hard to do in such a short space of time where you are being so, so dominant in a league, right? The league was a lot tougher in the eighties than it was in the nineties. Let's Uh make that, let's make that abundantly clear. Right. Uh But he accomplished so much in such a short amount of time, right? In 13 years, he had six championships. It's taken yeah. LeBron 17 to win four. And I mean, yes, different leagues. But mm-hmm. you like just on a simple numbers, like simple number basis, you can't deny that number. Mm-hmm. That's, that's an astonishing number. And so what do, what do you factor into the like what do you prefer? The long-term dominance or the short-term dominance? Well, I think I, I think it's not a question of what do you prefer? I think it's a question of okay, when when do the scales of LeBron's long-term dominance start to balance with the short-term pure dominance of Michael Jordan, you know, and I'm not going to, and so that's why, and that's why you want to put, I think we keep saying dominance, but that's why that's the first thing you, I think we want to talk about because like, okay, how much, what 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 do you weigh more, you know? And that's why I think LeBron's been to 10 finals. I agree. It's probably not even yet, but he gets that 11 finals, five championships. I mean, and we're not even talking about stats yet, you know, and we're not even talking about, and I, I, I see it's, it's different because, but I think that is a bit of a factor into the GOAT conversation as well. And so I think, you know, if LeBron gets five, uh, titles, 11 uh, appearances. I think those scales are at least even, you know, at least even. And I, and like I said, it's not, it's not to discredit the pure dominance that we I've already said is the best, probably eight years of basketball a player's ever played. It's more just to, it's more kind of giving LeBron credit for, okay, maybe he wasn't able to, uh, wasn't able to find that groove like uh, Michael Jordan did and hit it. But He's been here, man. I mean, he like our whole life, Alex, like mm-hmm. ever since we could remember basketball. And like, it's just going to be so much different whenever he's out of the league. And I think that's when the conversation is going to take another turn as well. Because then I think, I mean, people take LeBron for granted right now. And I, I, I definitely do. And I'm a LeBron fan, you know? And I, I it's just like, 
at what point are you going to start giving are you going to start giving lebron not you but just like people in crowd and 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 uh in the crowd what point are you going to start giving lebron that credit for okay maybe he wasn't that super super dominant but i mean he's been there man he's been here the whole time and he's been winning and he's going to have i mean i don't know if he's going to get six titles but if he gets six titles i think that argument is hard to and that's when that's why i kind of want to start changing the narrative a bit it's like okay maybe we should give michael jordan like i don't know I don't know, but there, he, the, what I want to make clear is that he did have like probably the best stretch of basketball that anyone's ever played. And if we could give someone a title for that, I wish we could. But I don't think that is greatest of all time anymore after at the end of Le- LeBron's career, at least. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's an interesting point you bring up, right? And I've, I while you were talking, I looked up, you know, the most championships ever won by players right in the nba uh-huh. obviously so let's let's go back to how many they won um so obviously you have russell and sam jones and john havlicek and koozie uh-huh. and all those guys right all the celtics guys they have all uh-huh. won i think koozie has only won six but you know like all the other guys they've won you know seven eight titles right uh-huh. robert ori is the guy who is not a celtic a 60 Celtic who has the most titles at seven. Mm-hmm. Then you have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, right? Those three guys are at, at the top of the Hall of Fame, not mm-hmm. Celtics list. Then you got the next tier with Kobe and Tim Duncan and Dennis Rodman and Magic, right? And right now he's tied with Shaq and Tony Parker and Manu. Mm-hmm. Like, he's already in, like, just in terms of rings, <laughs> Uh-huh. It's already an elite company, right? Uh-huh. Four rings is nothing to sneeze at. Larry Bird only won three. Yeah. Robert Parrish yeah. had to sit at the end of the Bulls bench to get four. Yeah. In 97. I mean, there's like, so many greats that you haven't named that right. are on that list, you know? Right. Like, like, just going off the top of my head, right? Steve Nash, one of the best point guards of all time. Never won a championship. Dirk, one of the best forwards of all time. Only won one. one. Kevin Garnett, one. You know, you just go through the list, right? They're so let's just go through my top ten, right? So Akeem is my tenth. He has two. Uh-huh. Kobe is nine, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I'm doing this like right. He has five. Wilt is eight. He has, I think, only two. Uh-huh. <laughs> but Wilt put up the, some of the craziest numbers of all time. Larry Bird, three. Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan is six for me. He has five. You know, mm-hmm. and then the rest of your top five, Russell, Russell has 11, obviously. Um, Magic has five. Jordan has four. LeBron has six. Or Michael has six. You go through that list, every guy has won at least two. Mm-hmm. And to me, you can be a top, like, 15 player with only, like, one title. Or I guess Jerry West is in the top 15. But it's tough. And LeBron, he has earned the place, you know? And you just think about, like, some iconic plays, right? I think that's another thing we'll get to. Mm -hmm. But LeBron has probably the most iconic, like, one of the most iconic plays other than Michael Jordan's shot in the history of the finals when he blocked Iguodala's shot. Mm -hmm. Like, that's one of the most, that's one of the best plays ever in a tough situation, right? Mm-hmm. I would say it's better than, you know, 
the shot that Kyrie hit. You know, obviously uh, they don't win. They don't win the game. If they Kyrie don't win without Kyrie. But like, and that's you get what I'm saying, though. The superstar moment. I mean, the right. superstar moment. You know, and that and Michaels and LeBron's are on. I'd probably say a completely different level, and that probably helps because they're both in the um, TV era a bit. You know, uh, and but. Michael and LeBron's are on a tier of probably above anyone else. I'd say those plays, you know, and then the thing is, it's like that Ray Allen shots an all time play as well, but it's Ray Allen and he's the greatest, he's the greatest three point shooter of all time, but it's not LeBron James or Michael Jordan, you know, and that's why the block and that's why the shot get remembered. So, so much more, you know, because of the guys who did it and that, and that's also, Again, like kind of like the cult following around these players and and how good they are and how long they made people, you know, um, enjoy the game. And that's why and that's why I don't know. I've watched LeBron my whole life and he's just completely dominated. And so that's where my bias comes in, obviously. And you being a Bulls fan is where your bias comes in, I think, to an extent. But I think you are objective as well. Um, but I like to think of myself as objective. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just think, I don't know. We could go. And so now that we've established a go, I kind of want to take it in another um, direction. Okay. And so, um, like, so like we said, the, Michael probably had the best stretch of basketball, right? For the six years, eight titles or eight years, six titles. But so we're not we're taking dominance out of that with this, okay. this equation now so now i'm just going to ask you who's the best nba player of all time you know and i, and knew I this think is you where got, this was going to go <laughs> yeah and i knew you're going to take it to and i think you got really got to start considering like um i mean that's where i think bill russell kind of could come into the game as well you know and will a right. bit more and i and i and it's just it's just tough to talk about those guys because of how many people. Um, it's it, it's just LeBron and MJ. But whenever you take dominance out of it, and whenever you kind of take all the other factors out of it, and you're just asking who's the best NBA, who's the best NBA player, you know, what what do you think about that question? So this is this is okay. So let me rephrase that question because I think we're still talking about dominance. We're just talking about on the court dominance. What we were talking about before was league dominance. Mm-hmm. So, like, what can lead you to exert your will on the basketball court the greatest? Let's okay. Let's go through a couple of players. Magic Johnson. Magic was not the scorer that either LeBron James or Michael Jordan were, or not even Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He also mm-hmm. had a team, a legendary team, a team with legendary pieces around him, like J- James Worthy and Kareem are two of the fifty best players of all time. Mm-hmm. But you have to take into account that magic impacted the game in so many ways. He was a phenomenal passer in transition and in the half court. He was a phenomenal post-up player. People don't realize that about magic. He had a great post game. Uh You know, he was a great rebounder. He almost averaged a triple double in the early eighties. Like I think he was like 19, nine and a half, nine and a half. (laughs) Well, and you, you, I don't mean to interrupt, but you were, you were talking about um, MJ coming right into the league and obviously Magic was in a better position than he was. But, I mean, Magic 
came into the league and established himself as magic from year one. And I, I mean, I'm obviously it's not MJ versus uh, magic argument, but I mean, was there a better rookie season than magics? You really can't say so because he won finals MVP. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I mean, mean, honestly, it was a fraudulent finals MVP, mm-hmm. but he won finals MVP. Mm-hmm. I mean, he like Kareem. Okay. Let me, before we continue, if you have a guy that averages like 30 points and 15 rebounds for a series, but only plays five games, I mean, doesn't that guy probably have the stronger case for the finals MVP than the guy that played one strong game? Well, and, and it wasn't even an elimination game. And the, um, well, I think the, the narrative was um, like because Magic, um, kind of took over right there at the end isn't that what happened he so game six was he had let's see 42 15 rebounds seven assists is actually pretty identical to the game lebron had in game five of this last finals come Uh to think about it but or game six against the celtics um in uh 20 when was that yeah 2012 2012 yeah yeah but for the series, let, let's see what Kareem averaged for the series, because you'll understand why I'm saying this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for the series, Kareem averaged 33.4 points, 13.6 rebounds, 4.6 blocks in five games. Wow. <laughs> you telling yeah, me that that's guy's actually, not- <laughs> That's actually insane. <laughs> that's like, okay, so let's let's move on to Kareem, because I think Kareem... He was pretty limited, right? But I mean, most most centers aren't going to create shots for you off the dribble, right? You're not going to have like the passing centers are notable because there's so few of them, right? And that's why yeah. that's why Jokic stands out. That's why yeah, when Joakim Noah was doing it, he stood out, right? The guys that can actually pass stand mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. But Kareem averaged. I mean, he's the all-time leading scorer in terms of actual points. He is was an incredible shot blocker. They didn't even count blocks his first. Let's see, how, what year did they count blocks? His first four seasons in the league, they didn't count blocks. And then after that, he averaged 3.5, 3.3, 4.1. Basically until 19, he didn't average less than three blocks a game until 1981. Career average for points is 24.6. And that was with him tacking on those few extra years at the end, right? He was a mm-hmm. consistent bucket for his entire career. He had an unstoppable move that just... No matter where he shot the sky hook from, it was more fifty percent chance or greater of going in. His career mm-hmm. field goal percentage is fifty six percent. Okay, mm-hmm. let's move on to Larry Bird. Larry Bird is a guy people get compared to way too often because they're white, they can shoot and pass. Mm-hmm. Larry Bird was so much more than that. He could score. He was an excellent scorer. I think he averaged like twenty six points a game for his career or something like that. Yeah, no, uh, and no he could yet. score from every level too. Right. You know, it is. It's like. Um, and then beyond that, he was uh, a passer, you know, right. and I, I think, I don't know, I, Larry Bird. And I think honestly, the LeBron comparison might be there uh, more than anyone else, but Larry Bird and LeBron are co- two completely different players still. You know what I mean? And I think if you gave Larry Bird, LeBron's athleticism, this would, that would be the final product. I think that's not yeah. like, I've thought, I've thought that to myself more than once, right? I think Larry's a flashier passer. Yeah. Than LeBron, which is saying something. Yeah, but you know, and, and also maybe a Larry, bit more IQ, and like that's saying something too. But like, right. I, I think you're right. Like the athleticism, of LeBron, Larry Bird, like, wow, 
talk about a perfect, maybe, all right, we're not building NBA players, but I was going to say, maybe throw in KD's jump shot. (laughs) I mean, hell, you know, the crazy thing about Larry Bird is that his finger was fucked. One of his fingers were fucked up because he caught a softball barehanded. So he was not, he was not even that like as good of a shooter as he was in high school. Yeah, that's that Indiana like, boy. That's, that's yeah. boy. <laughs> Hick, from, Hick from French Lake. It was mm-hmm. never more ap- applicable than in that sentence. But mm-hmm. also, he fucked up his own career by doing like shoveling gravel on his own driveway. That's not if that's not the most Indiana thing ever, too. Then mm-hmm. I don't know what is. It's but, a, who's your hospitality, Bob? Right. Exactly. Probably went over his neighbors said, "You need some gravel." Nah, I'm gonna do it myself. Put some chai in. Um. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, but, he packed a chaw. <laughs> oh, there's no way Larry Bird did not pack chaw. Um, <laughs> you know, he was smoking cigarettes on the regular, too. They didn't talk about it whenever I read it. But, you know, he was, you know, he was, mm-hmm. packing, you know, he was smoking heaters. But that's the thing. Larry was such a phenomenal player that he could he drank beers in the locker room regularly and still was putting up insane numbers. Different now let's times. get to the two. At, let's get to the two at hand. Okay. I'll start with LeBron because I have, you know, I have a lot of respect for LeBron. I think he's mm-hmm. by far the best player in the league still. And it's not even like KD's the only guy that's close. Mm-hmm. And I'm not having Kawhi was incredibly helped by the Raptors last year. This is, this is becoming my belief more and more. Um, So LeBron James, he is a phenomenal player. He can shoot. I Okay. Let's get back to the shooting actually, but he can pass. He can rebound. He can, I mean, he can score from the post. You can't stop him from getting to the rim. That's LeBron to me is number one strength, right? You could try your mm-hmm. best. There aren't many player people in the league that can stop LeBron James with a full head of steam from getting to the rim. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that there's any in the league right now. I wouldn't say that there's really been any ever that could actually stop LeBron. You know, the Spurs probably did the best job of guarding him in the 14 finals, or the 13 and 14 finals when they were throwing Boris Diaw on him, trying to confuse him. Even then, he averaged like 27 points a game for the series. He's mm-hmm. one of the most unselfish players of all time. Just a phenomenal level of unselfishness and just like, I'm going to make the right play. Consequences be damned. Right? Yeah. And he just, to me, is a great basketball player. The shooting, though. I The reason I said I want to get back to the shooting. Mm-hmm. The shooting is the fly in the ointment, Right. If he could make free throws at a consistent rate, he is absolutely 1,000% the better basketball player. But let's go back. I had his basketball reference page pulled up. I'm going to go back to it real quick. Because I would bet that his career free throw percentage is not great. Just 70 probably. Like in the 70s, probably low 70s. 73% free throw for his career. That's not what you want from your best player. Michael mm-hmm. Jordan, by contrast, is probably in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Yeah, 83%. So that to me is probably the biggest difference, right? Because mm-hmm. when it comes well, down other to, than the passing, other, other than the passing, I'll get to Michael Jordan's passing because that's that's okay. an interesting factor too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that has to do with more with mentality. But again, I'll, I'll I, no, there's no doubt about that. We'll, I'll get, we could, yeah, go ahead. I'll get to it. Um, also, LeBron hasn't tried on defense in the regular season for the last. This last season in Los Angeles was the first time he tried since 2013. Mm. On defense, he is an absolute game changer when he wants to be, but he has to take such an enormous offensive load that he mm-hmm. cannot. He he cannot be 
the defensive player that he's capable of being. Yeah, he should and, be. He should be on the all defensive team all time. Should be. He yeah, is not. but the effort isn't there, and this is a bit of a digression, but that's why I think the team works so well with the Lakers because AD right. can take that like defensive like um, kind of centerpiece, you know, and then they got a couple guys like with Rondo and um, LeBron to do the offensive um, centerpiece. But you're right. Like even you saw in the finals when he needed to pick up, pick it up, that defense was good. You know, when he picked it up and when they uh, executed well, the defense was good. So, and so something that I'm going to bring up now, because I'm going to transition on to Michael Jordan, Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan and LeBron James had the opposite problem. And their solution was the same thing, if you catch my drift. Their solution. So Michael Jordan's problem, Michael Jordan is like, if I'm going to teach a guy how to play basketball, I'm showing him footage of Michael Jordan's jump shot. I'm showing him footage of Michael Jordan's defense, his dribbling, his Mm post-ups. Michael Jordan is a fundamentally perfect basketball player. Mm -hmm. And that is why the triangle works so well with him, because he is... He was an intelligent player. He did not want to pass. Uh-huh. <laughs> Michael Jordan loathed passing. He's like, why do I got to pass these bums the ball? But uh-huh. he was just like a perfect basketball player. And again, this is important to note. If he could rebound, right, like the guards today can, right? If he could rebound like Westbrook, if he could rebound like Luka, you know, uh-huh. you go through the list of guards that can average nine rebounds a game now. That was unheard of in Michael Jordan's day. Again, the only guy doing it was Magic Johnson. So uh-huh. it was a much more big man driven league. Uh-huh. And the way that Michael Jordan and LeBron James arrived at the same solution off of differing problems was that LeBron needed to learn to shoot more. Right. Like he needed to learn to take control of the ball in the final moments. Michael's Uh problem was he needed to learn to trust his teammates in those Uh last moments. And we saw in year seven, once each of them did that, because that was the first year each of them won the title. You saw the results from there and they've been going on the tears that they've been going on. Right. Uh Like Michael. Everyone talks about the pass to Steve Kerr in game five of the, uh-huh. or I guess it was game six of the Utah series uh-huh. in 97. But they don't talk about game five of the 91 finals where John Paxson, he kept feeding the ball to John Paxson because John Paxson was on fire and they uh-huh. ended up blowing out the Lakers in game five. I uh-huh. have the series pulled up. Let me go check the score. But like, they don't talk about that. That's not part of the narrative, but let's see. So game six or game five, they ended up winning by five. John Paxson, let's see, how many did John Paxson put in? John Paxson had 20 points. John Paxson Mm -hmm. was not a 20-point scorer, but because Michael Jordan trusted him so much, he was just getting jump shot after jump shot, and he kept making them and making them. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what Michael had to learn. And then conversely, I think LeBron sometimes put too much trust in his teammates. I think sometimes he still does. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to count game five against him, right? Where he passed it to Danny Uh Green. Danny Green was wide open. Uh If he makes the shot, then Danny Green's remembered as a hero in Los Angeles. Instead, Markeith Morris is like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But... I think... uh, I think at least with... um, Hold up, I lost my thought. (laughs) So, okay, let me me continue real quick. Just to to wrap up my point with a bow while you collect yourself. I think if MJ had 
Like, if you gave each of them 25% of the other's mentality, they're literally perfect basketball players. I think Michael Jordan is the closest thing we'll ever get to a perfect basketball player. So I think mm-hmm. that's, in terms of actual playing ability, right, I think Michael Jordan's the best. But I think LeBron, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, and I think that's, are you trying to finish a little more? You got a little no, more? No, no, go ahead, go ahead. And I think that's the, um... I think that's the difference in the argument. I think we're still kind of arguing two different things to an extent. And so, yes, Michael Jordan in those years, again, and it's like, okay, now are we looking at like, uh, like, okay, a specific year or a specific, you know, time. And I I think, I don't know, I'm thinking of of the um, argument as more of like a, a a completion of, uh, of his career rather than, the I guess I mean the greatest of all time, right? And so the greatest I mean I, I I could say that the greatest like probably individual player like of all time individual player of all time is Michael Jordan. Like I I probably agree with that, but I think LeBron, if you want to go there, is like I don't know. I, it's tough to explain, but like a combination of um combination of the great uh, like the greatest but then when you throw in like the career and this sustainability i guess what i'm saying is i kind of balance the sustainability over um the pure dominance and i guess that's what that i guess we always kind of fall back to that you know and so and that's why i want to want to say something about lebron um and so michael jordan was a score first guy then pass no doubt about it there's no disagree my, and then there's no disagreement that LeBron James was a pass first, um, then score guy. And so I want to argue, I'm not arguing that Michael Jordan or LeBron James is a better pure offensive talent than Michael Jordan. Uh, that's not what I'm arguing. I think Michael Jordan is definitely, like you said, more fundamental, purely offensive talented. But I think in the effectiveness offensive effectiveness i know there's like stats to probably prove me wrong but in in just what he was able to do on the court uh game by game i th- i think that's where my le- argument for lebron comes in because not only did lebron get his you know eight passes eight assists out m- more uh a game, but he did score maybe not to the that level of Michael Jordan, but to a level that is higher than the level that um, Michael Jordan passed and compared to LeBron. And I, like you said, it's it's all about mindset. But that's why I'm kind of that's why I'm not arguing that pure playing ability. Michael's better. I'm just thinking about offensive kind of effectiveness, if that kind of makes sense. So okay, let me let me ask you a question going on to that. So what you're saying is is that LeBron, Michael Jordan's probably an actual better basketball player. But in terms mm-hmm. of, like, helping his team out and helping his team win, you're saying LeBron James is more conducive to that? Is that is that – am I getting that right? Like, on the offensive end, at least? Um, uh, yeah, I, I think so. And I think part of that's not just uh, – I think I think you got to take into account on LeBron's side and that uh, his ability to 
create teams, uh, build teams up, bring teams up where, and that's why, and that's where this kind of conversation goes into a gray area because you never saw what Michael could do until he came back. Uh, you never saw what Michael could do and kind of, creating a new team he was just there the whole time but i think that's what and that is kind of where my argument is because maybe he wasn't able to get the teams there all the time like dominance like michael jordan or just the that stretch get that best team the greatest really really good team for that uh, period of time but he's made a lot of teams a lot better than they should have been you know, or a lot better than they, they, they seem they, they could be, you know? And so that's kind of, that's how that argument. And so, yeah, kind of to your question, but that, that's kind of at least the perspective that I'm viewing it at least, if that makes sense. It makes sense. I would say in terms, like for me, the greatest accomplishment of LeBron's career is getting that shitty ass 2018 caps to the finals. Mm -hmm. Like it's not like they played like a gauntlet of hard teams in the East, but LeBron, like, so they faced the Pacers, and the Pacers took them to seven games. Uh -huh. The Raptors, LeBron just was like, LOL, you guys again, and just destroyed them. Like, uh -huh. if I was going to – like, honestly, Will, if I was going to have a guy in the whole league guard LeBron James right now, it'd be OG Ananobi. He ate uh -huh. OG Ananobi for lunch. Yeah. OG did not stand a chance. And OG is, to me, is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league right now. Uh -huh. And OG just is, like, overwhelmed. Poor guy. He was a rookie. <laughs> but still, well, he's – a lot of Hoosiers on the podcast today. <laughs> a lot of Hoosiers. We haven't even talked about Isaiah Thomas. Uh, yeah, I know. MJ's famous rival. I don't I don't think we'll get to them, but mm -hmm. I, we probably might, actually. I'm not sure. But I don't think your point is – I can agree with some of it. Mm -hmm. I just think that – I don't know. You, the NBA, you value the dominance a bit more, would you say? The, it's just that the NBA is so different. Right, it is. Then I don't. This aspect is a lot harder to compare. Yeah, it is because you're you're right. You know, mm -hmm. in that we don't know what would have happened if MJ did this. But also, MJ is from was born in the '60s, and what do we know about people that are born in the '60s? They're stubborn as fuck. Mm -hmm. We we just like know this now. All these guys that are born in the '60s are like in their '60s almost. Mm -hmm. People that are born in 1960 are turning 60 this year, so. It's an interesting thought, right? What if MJ did try this? But where, like, so I think what you were saying about after his baseball retirement is probably the best example of this. Yeah. Where he came back and Cartwright was gone. Will Purdue was the center. Um, and then 96, when they bring in Rodman, they bring in Ron. Or I think Ron Harper was already there. Uh -huh. But they bring in just a whole different cast of guys and he does it all over again, basically, with uh -huh. the new white guy and Steve Kerr. Um, uh -huh. I don't know. Like, I think that that's probably the closest comparison to that, but you can't deny. So, okay. I feel like with LeBron, you can't deny two things. First of all, he goes to teams that he finds young and exciting, right? Uh -huh. Let's just say Cleveland or Miami in 2011. Actually, this is a pretty easy pattern. Miami in 2011, back to Cleveland in 2015, back to Los Angeles or not back to, but to Los Angeles in 2018. Like he sees these young teams, right? And then what, what he does, though, I think this is the interesting part of it is, you know, LeBron's a very win now player. Uh -huh. Look at Cleveland. Cleveland's in a really shitty position that all they have is two guards left. Uh -huh. Basically, they have Garland and Sexton and not much else. Like 
what is there to speak of on that Cleveland roster that isn't pure shit? You know, Miami uh-huh. bounced back. Miami bounced back after like 2014 after he left. But it took them a couple of years. And I mean, it's amazing that they made the finals so soon again. Uh-huh. So I think that there's pros and cons to the player empowerment thing, right? We're going to, I think, so I know we're going to touch on current NBA day events, but when the Houston Rockets have to trade Westbrook and Harden, you're going to see they're going to suck. And because they had to trade four first round picks just to get Westbrook. Yeah. And what are they going to get back for Westbrook? Like, yeah. you don't think that they can actually get anything back that's good for Westbrook. Do you yeah. like, let me yeah. just ask you, you think like, they will get any first round picks for Russell Westbrook? I mean, it'd be like, I think you get a first rounder. Like one? Yeah, that's it. And they traded uh, four. Yeah. They, like, so Daryl, I think, knew he was going to be gone, right? <laughs> he yeah, was basically, he must have. He was basically fucking over the next guy because they, they owe their pick in 2024 and 2026, and they have a pick swap in 2025. So they're not going to have a first round pick basically for three years. Yeah. What like, do you do? And that's, that's kind no of no titles, a couple Western Conference finals appearances. That's kind of the problem with this player empowerment thing, right? You're blowing yeah. everything up. And I mean, it's, you know, good for the players, right? I'm not, I never ever want to say that I want the labor force not to be empowered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not something I want on my, on my record, but <laughs> it's kind of the problem with, the mentality around it, right? Oh, just give the players everything they want. I feel like there's got to be a little bit of compromise, you know, uh-uh. like a little bit yeah. of compromise in team building. And let's make something clear. I think LeBron's a lot better GM than Michael Jordan was because uh-huh. um, you ever, well, ever want to go back? And, well, no, it, even like in their playing days, you want to go read about some of the trades that Michael Jordan tried to have the Bulls do. It's honestly disgraceful. Really? It's honest, like, I think later in his career when they were trying to trade Scotty Pippen for, like, Tracy McGrady or Sean Kemp, he was smart then. Like, I'm leaving if you guys trade Scotty. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting theory. And I th- I feel like there's a Scotty Pippen-sized elephant in the room right now. I feel like, I know you want to address Scotty Pippen at some point. Well, I mean, that's, I don't know. It The, the more I think about it, it's like the team... The teams only math only matter when you're trying to make the argument about titles, and I don't think we're really trying to make that argument, you know, you know. And so that's like that's where oh who who had the better team, right? Well, that's when the titles come in, and it's like, I mean, yeah, I think you could argue that Michael Jordan probably had uh, the better teams for six titles, but I mean, like you t- you look at LeBron. LeBron's four wins and take his two best losses, probably the two. Uh, I don't know. He hasn't have any. 2015 and. Yeah. 2015 losses against the Warriors, right? 15 and 17. I think those are the two best losses. Even though they got swept in. Or they didn't get swept. They lost in five. And but, but if you if you put those up against each other, like I think those are pretty equivalent. Like I mm-hmm. mean, so that's why that's why I don't like. I was thinking about it too earlier, and I was like, I don't. As much as I like to being the LeBron guy, like that's not what this argument's about, you know. And I mean, it, it comes into factor. There's no doubt about it. But um, I, I really don't think it it plays into the goat conversation at least as much as people play it out to you know what i mean and so that's why i think um 
I don't know. Instead of talking about teams, that's why I think we should just probably like look into the numbers, you know, and and, and that's and, and that's kind of what I want to get straight out today. And I know we have like five more, maybe three, four or five more years of LeBron to see what he could do. But it's like, at what point does the tenure well, at one point does the the group work group of work that he's done like wh- where where do you put that in the conversation at least you know so that's uh, that to me is the defining question right it's like we keep coming back to this but it's i i think we both agree it's probably the most prevalent point here mm-hmm. it's like what's more important to a legacy is it value in a short time or is it you know Every year that you're in the league, mm-hmm. you're contending for a title. You, you know, know, and I think, and I think, just because we're talking about this conversation right now, that's why I'm such a big LeBron stan or LeBron goat uh, advocate, if you will. But uh, I think uh, because like we're, we're having this conversation about his tenure already right now, and he's probably more than likely going to win another title, if not. I mean, I have I me mean, LeBron, LeBron fan. I I'm thinking they can maybe three feet, but that's just you know my wildest dreams. Especially with the way the new league is, it's almost impossible to fucking three feet. But yeah, we uh, thought the Warriors are gonna three feet. Yeah, and they you know, and so that's it's gonna it's tough, and that's what's kind of fun about the that's the other side about it. You know what I mean? It's like the Warriors dynasty was destroyed. Like no team is safe. No team is safe each year because of these super teams. And, you know, and so it's like, and that's like I said, it's like, I don't know. I'm not saying we're having the conversation prematurely necessarily. I'm just saying that the fact that we're all already kind of like arguing his tenure against the pure dominance is why I'm thinking in three or four years, it's like, give it to him, you know, it's going to be interesting. Right. And Mm -hmm. like I, like we brought up earlier, if he wins the title this year, I think that he has easily the two. I'm not going to say most difficult, right? Because um, the title in 96 after um, MJ's father passed away, uh-huh. may he rest in peace. Uh-huh. That was pretty tough, you know, uh-huh. where because MJ was so close with his father. Um, and the, I think the scene in the last dance where he's holding the trophy and crying Mm-hmm. that's like one of the most like that the fact that they got that footage in there was insane um i need to watch the last dance again it's been too long but <laughs> yeah so i have to change the subject rapidly but who would you say because i feel like this has to factor into the goat conversation as well so i'm going to offer you two two scenarios all right how, how each of them changed basketball right how they changed the league mm-hmm. And you're going to tell me which one you think is more impactful. Okay. So the way Michael Jordan changed the league is that he proved that you could win with a perimeter player as your best player. Uh Now, allow me to elaborate, right? You go through the list of champions through the first 50 years or 40 years of the league when, when Michael Jordan comes in the league, right? Or when he wins his first championship. So even let's just go through the eighties. Okay. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was on five of those teams that won in the Uh 80s. He was the center on five of those teams. Bill Lambeer was the center on two teams. Um, And then Robert Parrish was the center on the three other teams. That's all the titles in the 80s accounted for, okay? Uh We You needed 
an elite center. And Bill Ambeer gets remembered as a thug now. Bill Ambeer was damn near elite. Uh-huh. He was the clo- like Isaiah Thomas was the closest thing to what I'm talking about before before MJ. Yeah. And even then, he was yeah. he had an elite elite team around him. Yeah. Magic Johnson was like like I said, the fourth greatest player of all time. He had the third greatest player of all time right next to him. Uh-huh. And they won five championships. Um, you go through the 60s, right? Russell, Wilt. You needed those guys to win a championship. Uh-huh. Jerry West didn't win a championship until Wilt was there. Yeah. Um, Oscar Robertson didn't win a championship until he was with Kareem. You, like, you see what I'm saying? So you like, Bill Cartwright was a good center in the 80s. By the time the 90s rolled around, Bill Cartwright wasn't a stiff necessarily, but he wasn't what he like. He was a Bill Cartwright was an all star in New York, but Bill Cartwright wasn't what he was in, you know, 1985. Right. Mm -hmm. And that to me is kind of an impactful move where now LeBron to me in that form couldn't exist where you where he's on the perimeter all the time without Michael Jordan. Right. Mm -hmm. Who would you say is. I'd say Tim Duncan's probably going to be the last meaningful big man to lead, be the best player on a championship team. Like him or Dirk. Yeah. Like at least that like kind Dirk's of. Dirk's a power forward. He's not, he's like a positional, positional yeah. big man as well. And Dirk, so, like, Dirk is a lot of, has a lot of factor in this uh, change the league position too. Cause he's a big mm-hmm. man that can shoot, but let's well, go, let's get. I, th- I was going to say, I think you're right. It's like, it's like almost a passing the torch of changing the league. So Michael Jordan changed it to show LeBron, not necessarily LeBron specifically, but put LeBron in a league that a, uh, a perimeter player could win. And then LeBron changed the league uh, to make it more positionless, like, right. So more athletic based. And then I think it's like, it's like one a, or it's like two a, if, if you're counting uh, Michael Jordan changing the league first and then like, LeBron is 2A with starting to positionless movement, but I think you got to give Steph Curry 2B because, like, the combination of people realizing that three-pointers are can win you games and realizing that you don't have to, like, the combination – or you don't have to play a specific position. Both of those, I think that brought, you know, the big men out to the wings. That brought, you know, guards closer to the basket on defense to rebound and take – and push the ball out. I mean – I, you know, I, I think Steph Curry had, I, that's why I think like Steph Curry and LeBron James were so fun to watch play against each other because it's kind of like that, those, that four or three years that they play, how, how many years for four years straight that they play in the finals? Yeah. It's like at the beginning of the finals, it's like the beginning of that transition. And then at the end of the finals, I mean, I guess Timothy Moskov was like the only real fucking center in that fucking, I mean, JaVale McGee, but he didn't play that much, you know? So I don't know. I think, I think LeBron had some help from Steph Curry with transforming the league, at least in that extent too. Well, that's not even where I was going with it, but that was a, I was a good pull by you. I wasn't even going there. So mm. what I was going to do for LeBron was I was going to do, he changed the league in the player empowerment aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Player empowerment, frankly, does not exist without LeBron James. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it cannot exist, right? Like mm-hmm. the league and in its current form right now, where Kawhi can go to the Clippers like that and bring Paul George with him, where, you know, Kevin Durant can go to the Warriors. Yeah. in the matter of minutes, you know, right. it ha- wasn't even like <sighs> Kevin thought. Durant was like six years after LeBron James. Mm-hmm. 
So that to me, I feel like is what I think that's going to be LeBron's lasting legacy, not like off the court. Right. But like what mm-hmm. he did for the players, it's going to, I think, okay, this is going to sound drastic, but LeBron's going to be remembered as like a sports labor hero. Absolutely. <laughs> in, in a sense. Right. Absolutely. I think that's, and I, that has to factor into the go conversation. Right. Yeah. MJ. Um, famously did not care for much but himself mm-hmm. <laughs> um that's what made him so good at the game that it you know it is but it also you know caught yeah i mean like <laughs> i think a lot of today's players that aren't like paul pierce like players that play from 2010 on are gonna have a lot more i don't know who's gonna be more revered by their peers but it, it's gonna be close mm-hmm. it's gonna be close because mj made it a point to rip your heart out yeah, and LeBron did not do that the same ways. But so of they the two I mentioned him. for each of the players, <laughs> which do you think is more impactful? Um, I don't know. It's like okay, so MJ from a basketball capitalistic standpoint is the most impactful player of all time. Like you're talking about the shoes. I mean, yeah, and, like, if you're going to take what LeBron did for the game, uh, and, like, I, I don't know, I don't mean to get political here, but, like, I don't know. So I value what LeBron did more than what Jordan did for the game because I don't necessarily care about how much money the NBA makes or right. how – I mean, maybe the brand is okay to throw in there without – but, like, if you're going to take that into account, like, LeBron, Michael Jordan did also – uh absolutely uh explode the nba i mean i mean and so so did lebron to an extent but i mean michael jordan got rich because of uh, his brand you know and so and that i mean he was like one of the first um superstar like to get his own shoe deal right and so like that that matters too especially and so like i don't know it just depends on kind of like your perspective on how you look at the league i think i believe in the like lebron's social justice stuff and i i believe in him empowering the players and stuff like that but if you value you know uh making a brand uh you know establishing a brand making a shitload of money more i mean michael jordan's definitely at least to this point better at that i mean lebron signed a billion dollar lifetime deal with nike and that's like unheard of but you know and so that that's also something that p- people do at least take into account whenever you're um you talk about the goat argument i don't know and that's why that's why i wanted to like define the term like are we talking about the best fucking basketball player or are we talking about the most impactful for the game of basketball in the nba you know and so i think it i think it has to be a little bit of both right yeah like uh, yeah it, absolutely like Derek Jeter, right? What did Derek Jeter do besides hit baseballs and have sex with a lot of beautiful women? What, like, genuinely, like, what is Derek? What else is Derek Jeter going to be remembered for? He's boring, mm-hmm. you know. Like, just that guy, or who's a, like? I don't know who's a good football comparison in terms of like, oh, Drew Brees. Drew Brees has phenomenal stats. Mm-hmm. What has Drew Brees done on the field or off of it? That's remotely memorable. The thing that's memorable um, about the Saints Super Bowl win isn't Drew Brees. No, it's, it's onside just, kick. Yeah. 
Like, or I was gonna say is, is could be his kid catching, reaching for the piece of confetti. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> that's that, an all time moment. That's probably it. Yeah, right. Like in terms of Drew Brees and Drew Brees, you know, I don't know where he's gonna go in the list of all time quarterbacks because he's playing in a inflated stats era. But I think you appreciate the comparison because, mm-hmm. like, you need to have some level of off of, like or some level of bringing fame to your sport, right? And bringing, mm-hmm. you know, whatever to your sport. Like, Derek Jeter probably wins, like, in that court category for baseball, but it, he played for the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, like, that's I, all he had going for him. He didn't do anything. He just played he, for the Yankees. If he played you know? for, like, the Padres, mm-hmm. he's not a Hall of Famer. Uh, I want to say a Hall of Famer. He's not, like, an all-time great, like, people, like, think okay. he is. Fair. Yeah. I guess he, he did have great numbers, but, yeah, like part of that too right like think about the franchises that those two elevated right Uh the bulls were a joke Uh before mj got there they were an absolute joke and the Cavs, Uh are you kidding me if lebron james never played for the cavaliers they are by far not the worst franchise in nba history but bottom five Uh they've had one good stretch outside of lebron that's it. And that was during that was during Michael Jordan's prime. <laughs> that was the only other time that they were worth a damn. Funny funnily enough. But and then the Heat. The Heat have like are a young team, but they have a pretty good amount of history. But still. Yeah. They're not like a cachet team, right? Like they're not like a top five team you think of when you think of the NBA. You probably think Knicks, Celtics, Lakers, then a couple other Pacers. teams before you get <laughs> Good one. Uh, But you you get what I'm saying. You get to a couple other teams before you think of the Heat. And then LeBron. LeBron is finishing his career with the Lakers. And I mean, he he deserves to finish his career however the hell he pleases. You know, Mm -hmm. at this Mm -hmm. point, right? Like, and it's going to be, I think that is part of it too. You know, just the name brand recognition. Like, the fact that casuals, right? Neither of us, I would say, are casuals. Mm -hmm. You know? Casual people can have this conversation and come to their own separate conclusions. I, I think a lot of those conclusions are wrong. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of bullshit about LeBron that I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But I just, I love the way that both of them play and the way that both of them represent the league. And I I think this, uh, this is, I feel like we could go for so much longer, but I feel like we've talked about a lot already. Yeah, I, I do want to say you're, you're spot on, though, like with with what you just said about it, because, I mean, it is a testament to both of the players. The fact that casual people can at least think they know what they're talking about when they uh, when they have this conversation. It's like because that's why you don't hear you don't hear, um, you know, MJ or Magic or maybe Kobe, Kobe a little bit more, but um, or LeBron or Magic, because I mean, we know how great magic was, but that's just not like commonality. Like that's just not like what people know. Like, and so that's why I think it's, you know, um, that's why I think that this argument is never going to end necessarily because it's just kind of like, it's become a culture culture kind of thing, you know, it truly, you know, and it's kind of like people are going to sit in their ways. I mean, it seems like forever. And so, you know, it's kind of just become part of the culture and you can't actually get a decent uh, analysis out of it anymore, except for at the Running Hook Podcast Network. That's right. That's right. Um, anything else you want to touch on? I feel like we I feel like we did a lot in that in this hour. I feel like we don't need to touch on much else. I feel like there's one thing other we could touch on, but it, 
I feel like if you're if you're good to end it, I'm good to end it. Um, what what do you think? What do you what? So, so okay. So I think the other impressive thing that you can compare about them that people don't think about enough. I'm not gonna say LeBron vanquished them, right? But the way that they beat, they were the underdogs and they beat the heavily favored team, right? Mm-hmm. Between Michael Jordan beating the Pistons and LeBron James beating the Warriors. Mm-hmm. I think both of those things should probably be compared and they aren't because nobody cares to go into that level of analysis. But I think Michael Jordan beating the Pistons in 91 is almost as impressive as LeBron beating the Cavs in 16. And let me just let me lay out the case why real quick. Just because the Pistons are an all time great team that nobody remembers. Absolutely. The, you don't hear anybody talk about the Pistons, but they they were in three straight finals. Mm-hmm. They were. Yeah. Yeah, they were in three straight finals. They lost in 88 to the Lakers. Think, okay, think about the Pistons' career trajectory, right? They had to face the same gauntlet that MJ had to face in the <laughs> in the 80s, but they were so close to the doorstep, right? 87, mm-hmm. they lost to the Celtics on the steal by Bird. Mm-hmm. You know, 88, they lost to the Lakers because Isaiah twisted his ankle, ankle. after scoring, putting in 25 points in a quarter. He put in 25 points in a quarter on a twisted ankle. Could you imagine that? Could you like here's your 89? <laughs> they finally vanquished the Lakers, right? The Lakers had made yeah. Lakers had made eight finals in the 80s. Yeah. They that's made nuts. Eight, eight of the ten had the Lakers in, in the championship. And the Pistons were the one to bring them down. Not the Celtics, not the Bulls. Because Celtics didn't the Lakers didn't win after 88. That was their last one. Mm-hmm. And then 90, they beat the Trailblazers, who the Bulls later beat. And then 91. Think about that five-year run, okay? And the Bulls just totally gobsmacked them. I have the series pulled up. It was, they swept them. They swept them, but think about how dominant that was. Yeah. Yeah. MJ averaged 30 points a game, seven assists, two steals, two blocks. Mm -hmm. Like, in four games? I mean, that's that's crazy. But then the 2016 finals, too, a 3-1 comeback on a 73-win team. I mean, it's I've I just feel like those two are a lot closer than people would give it credit for. That, yeah, that's just think, me personally. No, I think the sweep, but it's again that's like part narrative based, you know, right. like with um, the three one comeback, you know, and like the sweep as nice as that is, that's I mean, you know, it's a sweep, and as good as that team was, right? It's a sweep, and so I think you're right that it could be. Uh, probably compared more, but I'm just saying the reasoning behind it is because of like, I mean, the narrative behind that 2016 finals win was just unwritable, you know, uh, literally. I mean, it, it couldn't, couldn't have written it better. And so, um, but on a purely like analysis base, I think you, there's probably an absolutely an argument there. I feel like, and I feel like we have to touch on 2011 before we go. In 2011, like we talked about 95. Let's talk about 2011, 95. Cause those are the two blemishes mm-hmm. on each of their career. Yeah. I mean, LeBron was not great in the 2011 finals. He didn't even average 18 points a game. And yeah. shot- I mean, it, it's like he was trying to, um, uh, it's like he was trying, I don't know. There's no necessarily excuse for it other than, you know, just kind of getting, 
getting comfortable in that situation. I mean, as as great as a player is, uh, as LeBron, we there's we always know that if there is like a bit of a fault, he has before got into his head a little bit. You know, he, he's gotten into his own own head, and I think uh, after that, you started to see him kind of like okay. I, it, I, it's hard to argue after that blemish, that that uh, Maverick series, that he has lost a finals. Not necessarily like that he has lost the finals. Not right. necessarily that um, he's been beaten in the finals. But, you know, and so that and, – and, and the only difference I would say is – I mean, obviously Jordan was coming off of um, playing baseball, right? But he had already won a couple finals, you know. And he already he had already won three peated, and I'm, I mean, I'm not going to be one to say that. Oh, you come off playing, not playing for a year and a half or two years, and been playing baseball, uh, you sh- and you're the greatest player of all time. You need to go in there and win the finals. But I think they were expected to beat that Magic team, you know. And so as, as Although they're the same blemish wise, like they only got like a singular blemish, it's kind of it's kind of a bit different, you know what I mean? And so I, I want to hear what you kind of think about that. So the Michael Jordan blemish, I'll touch on that first because it's shorter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, baseball shape, whatever. I mean, I think the Magic team, you could make a case they like. Okay, here's the thing: both teams, you could make a case they were better than the other team, right? Yeah. Like Shaq versus Will Purdue and Luke Longley. Mm-hmm. that's an all-time historic like prime shack mm-hmm. this is shack right when he's breaking into his prime yeah and then that miami heat team was low-key awful people don't remember this because they're like oh lebron you know great heat teams all throughout his tenure wrong that 2011 team sucked yeah In 2011 who's the point guard Thomas? Uh, I think mike bibby started Bibby, yeah, it was Bibby, wasn't it? <laughs> Which it should it should have been Chalmers. Yeah, Chalmers is better. That's the thing. Chalmers then they figured out they needed three point shooting. Yeah. Right. That's they played small ball, right? Like mm-hmm. for the most part, um, they played Chris Bosh at center. You know, Chris Bosh is a power forward. I mean, if Chris Bosh was drafted in 2012, he's playing center his whole career. But yeah. I don't like 2011 for me. So they had the perfect like blend of right. Rick Carlisle's one of the best coaches in the league. He's probably going to be a Hall of Fame coach at this point. Mm-hmm. Especially like if he, if Luca wins a championship, he is definitely in the Hall of Fame as a coach. Yeah. Um, Sean Marion is still you know at that point one of the most athletic players in the league and probably one of the most equipped players to guard LeBron James, you know one on one. And then mm-hmm. the Mavericks did a really good job of throwing zone at him. Mm-hmm. That being said. You still think the best two players in a series would win, but I don't know. Dirk Dirk was all time in that playoffs too. I don't think he was going to be was. denied. Well, it was like a perfect storm, and just kind of like uh, like you said about um, um, Michael's Michael's blemish. It's just kind of like a perfect storm of things falling into place, you know. And it's like it's the first year for the Heat. All these expectations on LeBron's shoulders. He finally gets there, you know, and then I. I I hate to. I feel like he kind of needed that loss, though. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe Michael needed that loss too. To okay, I'm gonna go win. I'm gonna go fucking three peat again. You know, and so I, I don't know. I, blemish is like hard to say because, like, in retrospect, you kind of look at him like, but like, that kind of like 
set them off actually you know that kind of got them started and got them going so yeah i'm looking at the uh roster for the mavericks so you had jason i forgot how did i forget tyson chandler was on the team but sean marion and tyson chandler in the front court flanking dirk yeah i mean that's about as good as you're gonna do in 2011 yeah. in terms of like defensive players alongside and then jason terry torched them unconscious i mean how old was he I think it was 31. You know, Jason Terry played in the league like two, like 2017, 18. He was on a roster. What was he doing? He was playing for the Bucks. You know who their coach was? Who? Jason Kidd. That's right. How about that? His old friend was giving him a job. How about that? That's you nice hate, of him. You hate to see it. But yeah, Jason Kidd, JJ Barea. I mean, it, okay, here's the, here's where it helped LeBron. LeBron realized he needed to learn to post up. Mm-hmm. And this is where it helped MJ. He realized he needed to get in better baseball shape or better basketball shape. And he realized he needed to work on his post game too. So you're definitely right. I, I agree with the analysis a thousand percent. That was definitely the case. They definitely needed the losses. I don't think LeBron's career turns out the same way if they went in 2011. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think sometimes you need to get kicked in the ass. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I definitely have needed right. it. Um, but so I think like, I don't know, I think that maybe we're not in this pod as much trying to come to a conclusion, but maybe just try to shift the narrative a bit of kind of like how you discuss these things. And it's like, okay, like we've gotten tired of the fu- the same bullshit over and over and over again, you know? And so let's have a genuine conversation about these players. And I come to the conclusion at the end that both of them are probably the most impactful players in NBA history by a long shot. You know what I mean? I think that that's definitely safe to say that we pulled from this conversation. I think, I think this is a perfect place to end it. Um, I think, right. I didn't come here expecting to change your mind, but I, Mm -hmm. I was thoroughly pleased with the conversation that we had. I thought it was a really, it was really important, right? Cause you were right. It always is the same stuff about Jordan and LeBron. It's always 2011. Mm-hmm. It's always whatever, but mm-hmm. nobody, nobody ever puts it in the whole context of like the whole career. So mm-hmm. I, that, I think that's a really good way to close it. Um, Will, thank you so much for being on. Do you have anything to promote? Um, not at this point, but uh, maybe it, in the future. We're very working, soon. I, yeah, I got, I got some, uh, I got some things cooking in the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? So, I see what you're saying there. I see. I catch you. I catch you drift. Um, <laughs> smoke's coming. I, I see the smoke coming from the from the yeah, kitchen. Work, oh, yeah. Oh, the smoke's coming. Heavy, heavy smoke in the kitchen. So, <laughs> turn on the uh, fire alarm. <laughs> um, follow Will at WH Hogset. He's a phenomenal, just, I love this conversation. Um, and go check out our other shows in the network, Triple Option Pass. So this is, like I said, this is going to be coming out on Monday the 16th. Our last week of shows has been phenomenal. Um, or I guess I probably might put it on Tuesday. I'm not sure yet. But mm-hmm. the last week of shows has been phenomenal. Zach and Brett on uh, Circle City Chat Room did, or Circle City Cinema, excuse me. I went back to the old name. They did uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, and they did Jordan Peele's Get Out. It was a it was a fun pod, and I went through that podcast and I listened, and I'm I never watched either of those movies. I'm a coward. I'll admit it. I'm a coward. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Triple Option Pass will be out with the episode this past Friday. 
Um, it's just a phenomenal. I haven't listened to it yet, but Devin Voss is a big Notre Dame fan. That's all you really need to know. This last week, he's going to be glorious. Mm-hmm. Um, Lynn Sanity with the usual football, excellent football coverage with Caleb Lynn and Bryce Shaddy. And this week, they had Jacob Keith on. And am I missing anything? Battleground will be out with the episode last week as well. So I want to thank you for listening. And Will, once again, thank you so much for such a fun episode. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'll be back soon. I don't know about it.